Hey everyone, welcome to another review uh, episode of Friday Night Stripes. I'm going to go over three uh, different uh, situations um, that, that people have sent in or, or that I came across in the past few weeks um, and, and use this as a refresher for all of us on how these different things are handled. Um, before I jump into that, wanted to real quick thank uh, the, the Patreons the, that have contributed to uh, the, the server costs for the podcast. So thanks to Dan, David, Eric, Corey, and Ron. Really appreciate your support. Um, so tonight what we've got is we're going to start with how the line of scrimmage and how crossing the line of scrimmage affects both an illegal forward pass and an ineligible downfield player. So, um, real quick, let's go over the definition of an illegal forward pass. So, 751 says it is a legal forward pass if during a scrimmage down, a player of A throws the ball with both feet of the passer in or behind the neutral zone when the ball is released. So, right there, there's a couple things to, to talk about. Does not matter where the ball is in this definition. If he releases, if if when he's throwing the ball, his hand, he's still holding onto the ball, and the ball's past the neutral zone, does not matter. All we're looking at, per the definition, are both feet. So if he's got one that's beyond the line of scrimmage, I'm sorry, one that's in the neutral zone and one that's beyond the neutral zone, it's an illegal forward pass. But what this is saying explicitly is that at the time of the pass. So therefore, that quarterback can run around, he can go past the neutral zone, he can come back behind it and then throw the ball. Does not matter. He can go past the neutral zone, throw a backwards pass to a back that is behind the neutral zone, and then that back can throw a forward pass as well. Um, and technically, it doesn't even have to be a back. It can be any uh, any A player that's on the field. Um, the, the restrictions on a legal forward pass are that the passer has to have both feet in or behind the neutral zone. That's it. Um, and the reason I brought that up is that is different than the eligibility requirements for an ineligible downfield player. So let's talk about that. Um, 7512. Ineligible A players may not advance beyond the expanded neutral zone on a legal forward pass play before a legal forward pass that crosses the neutral zone is in flight. So there's there's nothing here about um, when the ball is released. It's during a pass play, and this isn't that definite that that. that that separation between a running play and a loose ball play and how we can have different phases during the same play. This is during a pass play. So the whole play is a pass play if a forward pass is thrown. So it, it says ineligible play, A players may not advance beyond the expanded neutral zone on a legal forward pass play, period. So, um, now, it does say before a pass, so obviously they can after a pass. And they can if the pass doesn't cross the neutral zone. It says that in the rule. So that's the difference between the two. 
the passer can have gone past the, the neutral zone and returned back behind it. Ineligible players have to be have to have been in or behind the neutral zone for the whole play um, up until the pass crosses the neutral zone. Um, so that was one I wanted to bring up because I, I've, I've heard from a couple people about what if a quarterback runs all around, crosses the neutral zone. I had one last week where the quarterback crossed the neutral zone and came back. None of that matters. It's all about where the passer's feet are when the, pa- when the ball is released. So wanted to go over that one. Um, the next one is talking about um, tack on fouls. So these are the fouls that we we would normally, without it being a touchdown, we would normally enforce it from the basic spot. But this is in Rule 8.2, and it's Articles 2 through 5. So 8.2 is, is simply, if the offense scores a touchdown and there's a foul by the defense during the down, and there was no change of possession anywhere in there, then A can take the touchdown and then enforce the penalty on either the try or the kickoff. And we'll, we'll get to that definition of kickoff in, in a minute. 8-2-3 is if there's a change of possession and the team that doesn't score the touchdown fouls after the change of possession, then it's the same thing. We can tack it onto the try or the subsequent kickoff. Um, and then th- those are the live ball foul ones. Um, 824 is about unsportsmanlike or non-player fouls during a down, which are those live ball fouls treated as dead ball fouls. Um, and they can be enforced on the try or the kickoff. And 825 is about um, fat dead ball fouls that occur after a touchdown is scored, but before the ready for signal, ready for play signal on the try is given. Those can be tacked onto either the try or the subsequent kickoff. If there's a dead ball foul after the ready for play is given for the try, then that can only be enforced on the try. So um, I keep saying subsequent kickoff because that's important because none of these carry over to overtime. So if on the last play of a game, the offense scores um, and there, let's say it was a pass in the end zone, there was pass interference, offense caught it anyway. The only thing they can do is enforce that on the try. They cannot carry that over into overtime. Um, so the, it, it's important to remember those because you have to throw the flag even though the catch was made. Um, and I've caught myself doing it to where if I see pass interference and then I see the receiver catch the ball, I, I've held up on my flag in the past and I've gotten to where I've broken that habit because if there's pass interference, there's pass interference. So we need to go ahead and get the flag down and give the offense the benefit of A, catching the ball even though they were being interfered with, and then B, giving them the penalty for being interfered with as well. Um, but that implies that that's all dead ball fouls against the quote defense in that uh, in that scenario. So, um, so that's the tack on fouls. 
Okay, to wrap things up, we're going to talk about inadvertent whistles. Um, and, and the rule for inadvertent whistle is uh, 4.2.3. Um, and what it says is, and, and I, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. So, um, essentially, an inadvertent whistle ends the down, plays over when the whistle blows. So, at that point, you've got a bunch of different ways that you have to deal with it. If it's a normal play, let's say the offense is running and um, the uh, runner gets tackled and before he actually touches the ground with any part of his body, with a part of his body that would put him down, he puts his hand down and pops back up. Um, and let's say the, the covering official blew the whistle there. Well, that's an inadvertent whistle because he wasn't down. And if everybody agrees that's an inadvertent whistle, then, then what you have, what you're going to be able to do is there's a couple of scenarios there. So the team in possession can choose to either accept the results of the play or they can choose to replay the down. Um, and that's, that's a choice that teams have when the ball is in player possession. And, and we have to use the word player possession there because that's different than team possession. When there's a loose ball play and there's an inadvertent whistle, um, let's say the ball is loose following a backwards pass or a fumble, an illegal forward pass, or an illegal kick. So in any of those scenarios where we've got a ball on the ground other than a, a, a legal kick, then the team last in possession gets those same choices. They get the, the choice to accept the result, which is essentially that the, the down will end where possession was lost, or they can replay the down. Um, if we've got an inadvertent whistle during a pass, so while the ball is in the air, a, a legal forward pass, or during a legal kick, then the down's going to be replayed. Period. There's there's no there's no exception to it. If it happens during a kick, or if it happens during a uh, while a forward pass is in the air, we're replaying the down. There's no accepting the results of the play because the ball is loose right at that moment um, and, and loose in the air. Uh, that, where you're going to run into that one is that one will come out most often when you've got a punt and you've got a returner who's given a fair catch and he muffs the kick um, and the, the covering official blows their whistle because he, he anticipated the catch. He did not anticipate the muff. So at that point, if he blows that whistle while that ball is still loose, the kick was still live because the kick had not ended because it was a muff. Um, therefore, we're going to replay that down, which is not going to make Kay happy if they were in position to pounce on the, uh, the muffed kick. But it is what it is. There's a number of scenarios there. If we go back to the one where we've got a fumbled ball, that team may choose to accept 
the result of the play, if it was a, a forward run that they gained enough yards that they, they think that that's more advantageous than replaying the down, or if it happened in the backfield, they're obviously going to replay the down because they're not going to take the loss. The last thing on inadvertent whistles is if, if there's a live ball foul before the inadvertent whistle and the offended team wants to take that penalty, the inadvertent whistle goes away. So you can save yourself from an inadvertent whistle by having a flag on the field if, if that circumstance happens. So a um, couple different scenarios there on inadvertent whistles. And the last thing I'll say on inadvertent whistles, and we all have them. Um, we have all had them at one time or the other. We can all hope to never have another one. Um, but they, they do happen. Um, officials even get superstitious about them and, and don't like talking about them. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. Um, I had a bad habit early in my career of blowing a fumble dead. Um, and what it was, was I was too quick to blow the whistle when I thought somebody was down because I was trying to protect players. I thought my whistle protected players and I had to get that my, that, that mindset to go away because what I was doing is I was blowing the whistle before I saw the ball. Um, I saw a player go down that was carrying the ball. I assumed he still had the ball. So I blew it dead. Um, the best advice I got for that was an official who told me there doesn't have to be a whistle on the play. Once I heard that and internalized that, that freed me from almost uh, every inadvertent whistle I'd had up to that point. Um, I, I never repeated that again. Now, that, that's not to say I won't have another one in the future, um, but I've gotten away from feeling like my whistle protects the players and therefore I got to be real quick on it. I'm a lot slower on my whistle now. And that's the only way you're going to keep from, from having an inadvertent whistle is to be nice and slow on the whistle. So that's the three scenarios I wanted to cover today. Um, keep this episode nice and short. Just wanted to review a few things. Uh, we'll have another pregame episode coming up in another couple days. Uh, if you have any, any feedback or any additional plays you want to send in that we can talk about here in the future, please do so. Um, reach me at hello at FridayNightStripes.com or hit me on the tw on Twitter or, or the Facebook group. So other than that, uh, have good games this week and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. Show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.